Hello, freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. This is a very special episode. We will explain what it's all about in a few minutes. First, want to mention that um, it was 10 years ago tonight. We are recording on September 22nd. That was 10 years ago tonight that I saw my father took his last breaths on this earth in Iowa City by his bedside. Uh, I miss him very dearly. So this is this episode is for Mark Wagner, who amongst other things that I admire about him and miss about him is his sense of humor. I like to have, think I got my sense of humor from my father and my appreciation of great, great, great laughter and, and great, great, great jokes. So this is for him. Uh, he's also the one that fr- coined the phrase hooting and hollering. I don't think, well, he didn't coin it, but he used to use that phrase hooting and hollering to sort of explain his son's obsession with all this weird music and of course i passed that on to you hunter and i guess in turn i guess in turn to people like kevin huffnagel and and uh, a few others so yep there you go <laughs> was the first time you heard hooting and hollering when i made that crack when we were out to eat with kevin yes yes it, yes yes it, in that context it was the first time i'd heard yeah. it okay okay it's it's become somewhat of a of a thing in our friendship yes Cult, uh, yeah a cult joke is this why canvas solaris cult joke is this why canvas solaris doesn't have vocals because there's just too much hooting yeah and we just I, we, I mean you gotta avoid the hooting and hollering you got fed up with the hooting and hollering yeah yeah he'd always say like my dad would always say like you know that's it's i'm glad it makes you happy but i just i don't understand all that hooting and hollering <laughs> oh man and it all sounded the same you ever get that one? I imagine that like you and I could play a lot of our favorite music to just any random person off the street and it would probably sound exactly the same to them. If we pulled some random person and played them um, Harmony Corruption and Tinos, uh, I don't think they would really be able to tell much of a difference. Oh, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, right. I was going to I was going to go extreme and say, like, do you mean like Napalm Death and Mew? I mean, they, <laughs> no, I think they could probably surely they could. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, before we get started, I want to thank for their very generous contributions. Some folks that gave us PayPal money, Timothy Llewellyn, Paul Stolp, and Chris Warunke. I hope I'm saying Chris's uh, last name, right? Uh, they gave generous contributions to our cause. And if you don't read all the show notes for our episodes, our previous episode 85, we had a lot of fun with Abigor and letting listeners know that we needed their contributions for physical product fetish items such as uh really rare napalm pressings of you know abagor stuff you know, first first pressings uh we want to assure you we don't buy music from our personal collections with contributions so i was a little surprised that on the back of that episode we actually got more contributions <laughs> than normal <laughs> and i just and i just want to say we want to say that um when and if we we go for those uh rare abagor items or no i will it, it let the record show that i own every single one of the first pressings on napalm so this is all on jeff yeah i i I was trying to i was i was scamming i was scamming i didn't even know it Uh, but we were only kidding about that so you know your funds help us with hosting costs they help pay our tech support guy uh they're going to help pay for printing of shirts we're going to do more of those and uh the printing of shirts we're going to do more pretty soon uh various various other maintenance of this site so uh thank you and and uh we did have a lot of fun i think at abigor's expense almost this episode they've they not yet reached out so i'm assuming they that they yeah that they didn't find it amusing they have not reached assuming out. that they listen to it we generally will send bands our our episodes but uh, i think we're holding off on abagor just I, I don't know what i i don't know what tells me i don't think they'd appreciate it but we'll just uh, maybe maybe i'll say well, you know it. what we appreciate you abagor oh yeah your abagor your metal 
so mystery date with Forrest Pitts. Forrest Pitts is a friend of ours. We've never met him in person, but uh, he's just, um, boy, I didn't even write up a Pitts introduction. And I probably should have, because this guy, from all our correspondence with him, is is really something else and really an, an inspirational fellow. One of the freaks, like all the rest of us who listen to widely to music and deeply and, and care about it the most. And and Forrest is a tremendous writer, um, writes yeah. for, writes a, a column for Decibel called Fellow Heart. But even as good as his writing is, it does not capture the 18 dimensional texture of <laughs> Forrest Pitt's emails and text messages. They are among the most extraordinary correspondence uh, in, in the course of human history. And one day I'm hoping that he will give us permission to reprint some of the uh, the more extraordinary ones. The missives. Yes, the, mi- yes, the, the miscellaneous missives of Mr. <laughs> Pitts. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. they they, re- they really are something else. I have loved reading his emails, and I just I I'm usually short with my replies because I'm like I can't I can't live up to that, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I suffer from a total inferiority complex every time he emails me because I have no <laughs> no way to follow up what he's what he's done. And t- to that end, we are featuring music picked by Forrest himself tonight. What we did was at the end of some episode uh, a while back, uh, we reached out and you know said, "Hey, if you're a freak enough to have listened to the end of this, and you know you know what we listen to through our fairly well liked Facebook posts on our playlist, because the uh, the response to that is what I love so much. You should know what what we you and I like. We know a lot of what our listeners like, and we invited someone to throw us." an artist or several artists uh, that they're pretty darn sure we don't have any knowledge of. And we're going to see what we can do with these mystery snippets and just um, try to guess, try to just pick them apart, see if we like them, see if we don't. Uh, We just want to have some fun, just something a little different. So without any further ado, we don't give a fucks about any ados uh, over here. Um, No, man, this is, this is an anti-ado zone. This bitch. (laughs) Sounds like a slogan for the back of the T-shirt. <laughs> so, uh, Forrest sent us five snippets of three different artists. So that's fifteen snippets. We're gonna we're gonna try to get through this uh, without you know getting into 2023 here. Everybody's got things to do. Mystery date artist number one. Here we go. Cut 
I'm gonna throw three names at you. Actually, no, yeah, three names. Glass jaw, no means no breadwinner. <laughs> not not bad. <laughs> no real surprise that this is right up my alley. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, about 30 seconds in, and I was like, I can't wait to find out who this is. Ah. Um, yeah, I, I immediately got math rock vibes, but it was really melodic and a little more, you know, songful than your typical math rock fare. And this, I don't know if this is anywhere near the money, but on some of the softer sections, the vocals reminded me of uh, Stephen Malcolmus from Pavement. Oh, interesting. See, that that's not a reference point I would probably be able to pick up. It's just you're way more knowledgeable there. I picked up like just some of that cleaner glass jaw vocals. Mm-hmm. No means no is certainly the bass tone and approach oh, yeah. and it's an attack. Very Rob Wright. Uh, and uh, that kind of mathy breadwinner-esque sort of um, jangly puzzles. Yep. Um, especially oh, I that, like that. That middle section's pretty rad. I I, I dig that. I like it. I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant on the vocals right now, but um, I want to get further. And I was like you, yeah, like, yeah. What, what the fuck is this? And how does, how do I not know it? But especially how does Hunter not know it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's approaching it's getting shame. It's approaching. I, I think we may court. have to call, uh, I don't know, man. If, if we don't call this episode jangly puzzles then i'm gonna to have to call a song that at some point <laughs> in one of your projects you, you, I'll, excellent I'll yeah i'll, I'll just come up with a new one okay yeah. <laughs> all right let's do two more snippets from this unknown right. band uh we're gonna do two in a row here we go
Well, I, and you know me about as well as anyone on this earth knows me. So it'll come as no surprise to you that I'll probably be buying this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. um, and nice. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to offer some conjecture here because I'm mm. pretty confident. Usually mm. when I'm confident, I'm also always wrong, but I'm just going to go with it anyway. I'm, I'm really eager to, to know who this band is because I really feel like they're from the Midwest. By the way, um, I, we didn't let anybody know listening, but we will be revealing who these bands are at the very end of the episode, not after every band, because there's a email called reveal. It's the sealed envelope. And um, I'm not going to open that until the end. So. No. Okay. So, yeah, I think that this band is probably from the Midwest. For the sake of my argument, I'm going to include uh, Louisville as part of the Midwest. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold, hold the phone. You're getting specific there, boy. I am. I am. I, I, because there, there is a, first of all, Louisville is not the South. It is closer to Cincinnati than it is other, any other city. It's just on the, and, and then right across the street from Indiana. I mean, come on. There are those that would say anything below Toronto is the South, but. Well, know. and that's fine if you're from Toronto, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think anyone in Detroit thinks they're from the South either. So anyway, <laughs> I, whatever. I, I, I digress. Interesting. There's a, a triangle between or around uh like louisville to chicago to kansas city and there is within this triangle kind of an indigenous sound that is you know indie rock but heavy inventive dynamic mathematical and this really kind of and, and there's also kind of a uh a recording quality that stresses verisimilitude over you know the kind of studio trickery that you and I um, to do uh, exalt on this podcast, um, like a, the you know trying to capture the live essence of a band. This band clearly sounds like they play a lot together in a room, and I, yeah, I'm I'm really really tickled with this so far. Great point on the live sounding thing. It does. It's obviously studio and a record, but it is kind of just these you know right off the floor. Just record it, mix it, put it out. Yeah. Uh, I like the drumming on that first yeah. track that we listened Agreed. to. Agreed. That this stutter song. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That really got uh, brought some things to mind. Are you hearing any slint references? Uh, Slint's from Louisville. Well, there you go. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, this is that, why that's you, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly um, the point that I was trying to make. I like the first song. We'll say uh, 1B. Uh, <laughs> I like that <laughs> a lot more than the other one we listened to. This, this one had. Um, a bit of U2, early U2, when U2 actually used to play with dissonance a bit, uh, and a little bit more math, and a little bit more, a little bit of Stephen Brodsky in the um, vocals. So yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, we're we're definitely this is up our alley. The other song to me, it didn't really take off or catch until kind of that last forty seconds, and then like it kind of wanders before that. But I love what what they did after that point. And we're yeah. the, we're only listening to two minute snippets of these songs. How and, how and two minutes just grab randomly from the tracks too. So <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, we don't we don't know anything. Yeah. So um interesting. I, I think we're dying to go ahead here and, and oh yeah man pick I'm, out two I'm more from this great band. Uh, I, I would buy this too. This is really appealing to me. So figured you were gonna be all over this but by I think by the by the second song halfway through I was like yeah if <laughs> not surprised <laughs> to say you're gonna buy it tomorrow. Once it's 
wow we like this band yeah that, that last tune introduced us to a whole other dimension of that band well you know it's funny you mentioned that because i had written down in my notes that this song convinces me that they're interested in diversifying their art their composition mm, their, their creativity mm-hmm. they really but because that and, and and to me i'm assuming this is all from the same album uh, but that song that last song we listened to uh this has got to be from the same album or same sessions yet the creative span is remarkable after hearing that one yeah totally yeah, yeah. i am um, i this strikes me as something that our friend hank steamer might be into as mm-hmm. well um, he, prob- he probably knows him well yeah and um and my boy uh pete Byrne, who hosts the uh, destroy before listening podcast and is a friend of mine and a big uh big enthusiast of 90s mid 90s american experimental indie rock and such that you know touch and go um absolutely yeah absolutely like, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and you know the, the the bands i wrote down for 1d the 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 prior snippet in this bunch uh you you said minus the bear right away as we started it yeah, I mean, that guitar, the, taps, I, yes. the tapping yeah. guitar. Yep. Uh, vocally, it got into that failure world. I think a little bit. Oh um, yeah, that's a kind of drawing, oh, yeah, dragging, yeah. depressive kind of. Yeah. So far, I that's my favorite song of these of these five. Is that is one D. I also heard more in that song than the other five. Something on the quirkier side of the Seattle rock sound. Yeah, that we love you know the late eighties, yeah. early nineties, mid nineties. The quirkier side of that stuff, because there was a quirk to some of that. For I sure. hear a little, I hear a little bit of that there, but I mean, dead on '90s US. So, um, whoever your friend is that does that podcast, he's yeah, great. He probably, he's a, yeah, no, he's an awesome guy. He's, um, I, yeah, I, I, we, I don't uh, know about him. He he's a list. I, he's a, actually he's one of our listeners. You have um, other friends? And, yeah, I, I. You know, I was trying to find the right way to tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I hate that it had to come like this, but you you know, know. I mean, it, it could be worse ways. I mean, you know, <laughs> tell me you're hanging out with a bunch of capital stormers or something. Yeah, uh, no, no, I don't, I don't, I think we're okay there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boy, we're going to find out who this band is. We're dying to do it, but let's try Golly, to, no kidding, man. We were joking too, while that was playing that this is, this could be an expensive endeavor. <laughs> uh, so I hope, I hope we hate the next one. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for the sake of our bank accounts. Growing want lists. Really, really hoping that this sucks. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to listen to just one little snippet and we'll, we'll be back to call it. Right. Divine, 
Is this what scar symmetry sounds like? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's the only guess. And I don't know. I was always know. thinking that, scar, I mean, I don't know, but like, I always thought scar symmetry was kind of commercial. Well, that is kind of, well, here, well, here's the thing. That's a very frustrating snippet because I, I'll tell you right off. I think the vocals are as worthless as that guy in Mashuga. Uh, well, not only I know you're, like, I know you're a big Mashuga fan, but you know how I feel about his barking yeah, yeah, dog, but like, superfluous barking dog bullshit. Like I, I, it's just boring. I, I, I hate those vocals. And then it get into that section. That's incredible. I mean, that section yeah. was amazing. Well, the thing too is not only is it the monotonous barking dog vocal, he sounds exactly like Jens Kidman the vocals really turned me off at first because it just sounded so so like Jens and you um, like Jens but you're I, I don't necessarily like him but I'm fine with him in the context of sugar he's kind of a layer a percussive layer that's kind of how I hear him that's how death metal vocals function too in, you know in a lot of ways we we definitely differ in opinion on on that band in general because I'm, I'm generally kind of bored by them I used to get into them and I've since found them very hard to listen to. Like they haven't aged well for me. They've aged even better for you. So uh, that's an, that could be an interesting show to listen to Meshuga yeah. sometime, but, yeah, but we, we, we've got others. Yeah, we do. But yeah, man, that, then that section. So that's, did that section blow you away? Uh, after oh, the yeah, absolutely. I, I was, I was actually kind of like, well, I shouldn't say kind of, I was really disappointed when it started in that first section. And then, yeah, it just got more and more sublime. Well, th well, this is going to be interesting. They're obviously a metal band that we don't know. So, um, and you know, that happens. It's not like we're uh, all knowing, all seeing, but I think because it's more modern, it might, might be a reason we don't know it. <laughs> and it surely sounds like aughts or even teens, like it's the last 20 years, right? You think? Yeah, I would say it's probably even more. Um, yeah, more. I would say probably teens. Yeah, teens. Okay. Well, let's move on to uh, same band and uh, two more snippets. Yeah, I 
what say you, Mr. Ginn? Uh, yeah, I think I, I do think I know the name of this band. Mm. Um, it is um, guitarist seeking instrumental progressive metal band. Oh, I thought you had it. No, no, I have no idea who it is. Oh, that's but like where uh, where on earth um did the uh the, the, when um Dreaming Day Unite keyboards come from there at the end? God, it's I mean, well, it had yeah, and that's a good thing in our world. It's like yeah, but the, the, there's 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 bad stuff on throughout, and there's great stuff, and it, the. I honestly really I'm still on the fence about the vocals and I definitely think that the vocal parts and the, the music underneath the vocal parts are not that interesting. It's when they get into these flights uh, that are incredible that I'm just like, oh, this is I'm just digging this. This is great. Yeah, this is a really frustrating. Listen. Yeah, I heard about a minute once of that Patrick Mamelli thing, C-187 or 137. Or oh, whatever. the thing that with uh, Reiner. Yeah, but this is not Reiner. I mean, it, it, no, it, it could no. be Mameli on lead. It's got a very pestilential sort of lead approach, you know? Yeah. I even think I don't of know lead. that Mameli's that good. No, I did. Yeah. This guy, yeah. This, this guy, guy is incredible. Wow. Yeah. No, this is sort of blowing me away. And then sort of, I have some problems, but uh, are you yeah. feeling the same thing kind of? Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I would say I'm, it's like 70% not liking this and 30 in awe of parts of it <laughs> right i'm not buying it <laughs> but i, I kind of have well i should say the more we talk about it and i guess the the end part of that song certainly quashes my label guess but i thought i had a pretty solid label guess at, at first and i was going to say willow tip this has to be an oh yeah 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 i that that's funny when you said label i was thinking i could see it on willow tip Oh, interesting. I haven't listened to any Willow Tip stuff in, gosh, man, probably. I, I remember Canvas um, shopping its death metal demo to Willow Tip back oh. in the day. Wow. Okay. And um, I checked out some of their stuff then. But, I mean, it's was, it was kind of, you know, progressive to an extent and a little different. I yeah. never understood the, uh, the monochrome color scheme of their albums, but that's... <laughs> You know, that's interesting. I never really thought neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, I guess what I like about Willow Tip is they do have an identity. You know, the yep. stuff yep. kind of looks like it's on there. It sort of sounds like it is. But but he was also, I say he because I think his name is Jason that runs that label. I used to deal with him a little bit back in the day. But he very cool guy and really dedicated. And I think has a real sense of of what he wants on that label and what he doesn't. And I feel like something like we're listening to now uh, would probably be the most progressive thing they do. But it wouldn't be out of the question for them to do it. Right, right. Here's right, another right. label that comes to mind, Prosthetic. I could totally ah. see this on Prosthetic, especially since that label has absolutely turned into a, more of a just a straight up metal sort of thing. Yeah. Who knows? Well, we're going we're gonna to find out. I'm anxious to listen to these other two because there are some really great moments. Uh, yeah. But let's, let's go with uh, 2D and 2E.
the world could use more cynic inspired bands but i think they could use a lot less of machine head and pantera inspired bands and, and this is the, this is the blue balls frustration of this band um the vocals are not good uh uniformly and i would I, the first snippet of that set of two there by far the most musically dull too of the third mm. because i think we were on board pretty much musically the whole time uh but that that vocalist just ruins what's not even a great song that first song in that set did remind me though how i think i w- expected fear factory to go after soul of a new machine now both you and i like i think you like demanufacture more than i do as a whole i like certain mm, no i no i don't you're um, also a song guy with that one self bias re- pretty much just the first two songs self-bias resistor oh i love that oh yeah okay yeah, but, that okay one so in the title track and i i like the um like the head of david cover dog oh Day yeah Sunrise sure. too. yes dog Day but okay so we both love the first fear factory i could oh, see yeah, if Fear yeah. factory had gotten sort of more brutal in their brutal parts being this band but that but then the, that cynic stuff comes in and they would never be that i'm just really confused and i'm also really frustrated because that last song we listened to musically i thought that was the best thing we'd heard and oh yeah no 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 question i even got some like uh dimension zero believer vibes um from that dimension zero no dimension era believer oh dimension era believer okay okay yes no 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 dimension zero no no you're right though about believer absolutely and that's the thing like they're, they're they're one of these bands that you can tell they're inspired by the 1993 bands we'll we'll just shorthand it because mm-hmm. uh, I, I do hear pestilence in some of this later past you know spheres era but these guys are original and inventive with their melodies and their transitions like i feel like that stuff is on a such a high level who is choosing to have these fucking you know, bouncy bounce riffs and that bad vocalist like why why is this come on they got they got they got to have something better in that department well unfortunately they probably believe and potentially rightly so that the bouncy bounce riffs as you call them and i'm going to call riffs like that bouncy bounce from now on um and having that vocalist who sounds just like Jens kidman are are the kind of things that are going to uh, get them commercial traction all the while indulging some of you know their their more worthwhile tendencies um in those other ways but yeah i mean i hear I, alan, yeah. I hear alan holdsworth in some of that soloing uh you know what he took flight one time and i was thinking this is holdsworth yeah yeah okay well boy i really can't wait to find out who that is either Cruising i'm almost right more right. eager to find out who that is <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right this is crazy this is kind of fun this is so weird so far, so good. Forrest knows what we don't know, I guess. Hey, the unknown knows. Maybe he thinks we don't love Slayer, and these are now five Slayer songs. That'd be kind of cool. That would be bad. You know what would be cool is if he thinks we hate the second side of Spine of God, and this is the second side of Spine of God. <laughs> you and I have had serious bonding experiences as friends <laughs> with, with not just Spine of God, but the second side of Spine of God. <laughs> haven't we isn't that like oh yeah thing? man All that right. last listen at um at my at, place at your place yeah mind-boggling oh yeah no we were well yeah we were in the headspace yeah at that okay 3a here we go <laughs> get ready for another sort of head spinning left turn i guess <laughs> yeah who, who knows what awaits <laughs>
Oh Lord. Um, okay. I, I just texted you wondering if this is T O O H um, mm-hmm. Eastern European band who I only have one album by it's an earlier one. And I know they progressed. I remember checking out that earache album they released and I just didn't get into it. And I know they've released at least one more album since sort of has that vibe, but it's almost, I mean, that band was really quirky and that was a lot of fun, but it wasn't, I don't know. And then, and then the only other thing I got to say is, and I can't wait to hear what you say. And maybe this is because I've been listening to a metric fuck ton of Psy lately, but I hear a Psy, mm. I hear a Psy influence. Yeah, yeah. Something, something like that. So yeah. Well, like I, I just told you, I, um, I feel like it's either Eastern European or Japanese. So that makes sense. But I hear, um, and I hear another band kind of, um, you, I'm sure you remember them. Neither of us ever listened to him but to any real extent, but um, Eiffel Duot from Italy. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like, but yeah, and, and I hear some Gona Niche. A um, little bit, although I would so be able to spot that. Yeah. Oh, it, well, obviously the, the vocals and the piano would be, you know, dead giveaways. Dead giveaways but, um, yep. Yeah, and, and we're both obviously, I, I didn't mean to suggest mm-hmm. that this, yeah, but is, I mean, no, just, no. yeah, I mean, you and I are both big fans of Gunnar Nish, so. Yeah, and also, um, I think you're dead on because it does have that same left fieldism, that same ability that this obviously has, that same quick change moments. Yeah, this, know, is, uh, um, this is very interesting. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to going down this rabbit hole. I'm intrigued as hell. Let's, uh, let's yeah. do the next two, all right? All right.
Okay, there's so much. I, I'm really turned on. This this one I'm buying absolutely. This is amazing. This that is last incredible. one was batshit. Well, I love the other one too, and that's the thing. I did too. These, these have all been solid, but I think these two, these both of these in this block, it's betraying a black metal influence far more. And then, of course, post black metal, which I feel like this is one of those bands we talk about, um, like a Pantheimonium or a. I, there's a bunch of them, but um, they're kind of we we always call them like honorary Norweird. Yeah, they're not, yeah, they're right. not from Norway, but they could have been probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. This has whiffs of that more so than the first song we played by whatever this band is. So, I'm just turned on that bass playing on that last track. It's just it's Trevor Dunn fluid, and in this context, I'm just I'm flipping out. I fucking love this. It's um, I cannot wait. I can't wait to find out who this is, and then I can't wait to send it to Gail. Oh yes, I can't. I can't believe how hysterical the vocals are too. I like. Oh, I, like I love that. I know so much. There's a lot of character to them. Yeah, vocalist from second band. Take note. <laughs> I hear a little bit of this band, a forest of stars, in here, but they they don't ever get this quite this quirky. They're definitely eccentric and eclectic. But as you say, still sitting in the Eastern European Japanese world for me. Yeah, man, this is nuts. All right, let's do these other two. I'm really... Before we do, though, how I feel awful that you and I don't know this. Like, this is like... <laughs> I feel like this is something we, by obligation, should know. I mean, yeah, just, I, well, it I just know. seems like this is, should have come across the ether at some point for one of us. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling that um, this little exercise, in doing so, we're going to be found out by our listeners. Well, I'm I'm fine. Like I I love discovering new music, whether it's music that's old that I just don't know and and I love. So and, and of course you do too. I mean, it's just what we do. This is turning me on. Yeah, this is this is making me feel like um, maybe For I sure. shouldn't leaf through the pages of a magazine I won't mention, and just go uh uh uh. You know, maybe there's one good thing in there. I don't know. Um, but because th this also sounds new, I feel like Forrest has given us. Uh, oh, this is definitely new. A lot of modern bands. You know, he's. Yeah. I don't think he's dipping back. At least pre. Well, Forrest sure. knows that it, the, both of us listen to less modern stuff. I mean, particularly knows that I tend to shy away from anything that wasn't, you know, not at least, you know, fifteen years old or so. Perhaps you're learning that so. that's somewhat to your detriment. Hey, man, I'm. I I love being proven wrong. I do. Yeah. I, yeah. No, this is, it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, uh, can't wait to check out these next two. Let's do it.
That last song, I, I think like the first band we listened to, their last song, how different that seemed or just a shift. Maybe like it was the final song of the album kind of thing. Right. That reminds me of like Man of War meets Later Alver with Cornelius from Solofall doing the screeching. Oh, man. But doesn't that guy sound a bit like Cornelius? Maybe you know, he does. I didn't. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. And then let's talk about what we thought about the previous song in terms of the band that we both came up with uh, while we were listening. Yeah, Bethlehem. I mean, locally, and, right? Yeah, particularly, uh, yeah, Land for Mons, uh performance on uh, their second record, Dig to Use Tate Neckare, yep. um, which is one of the most unhinged vocal performances ever. 
Well, it, that's almost not even a subjective thing. That's almost objective fact. Oh, yeah, no, like, no, no. I, yeah, no, no. I'm sure that there's a way to um, sort of uh, you justify that objectively. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. It's just it's just true. But you know, one thing we haven't talked about with this band, which we both are blown away by, we're going to buy this tomorrow too. So um, he's two, he's two for three. And that second one is very frustrating for us, but the deep orchestrated element to this band, that seems mm. like once that fourth song started uh, with them, we, we, you know, we haven't talked about it yet, but it does seem a, a major mandatory component of this band. Um, and I, I mean, in a good way, the way it, it does right. for Psy or where classical stuff comes in, strings come in, they, but they incorporate it so well. It's not predictable. Uh, I find this stuff to be all about ambush and what's around the corner. I mean, it's, mm. it's constantly mm -hmm. surprising me. So I can't wait to find out what this is. I guess we're at that point. Is there anything? We I, are, man. I, I can, this you're is chomping at the morning, man. man. I'm going to go backwards on his email. We're going to listen. We're going to find out what that last band was and go. Okay. And then right. I might read a little bit of what he wrote to us. We'll, we'll see. The last band. Oh, dude. <laughs> Rainer Lonferman. We, hell yeah! The, the vocalist, he is, I know he's the vocalist in Bethlehem. So we were dead on uh, by the fourth song. But wow, apparently, and he uh, he supplied a link to Prague Archives, and this is the one and only album by him. Came out in 2019 called "Mein Wort in Deiner Dunkelheit" uh, by Reiner Lonferman. It's um, it's got a mere two ratings on Prague Archives, but let's see, self released in 2019. Boy, on CD. Otherwise, it's digital. I hope that CD isn't really expensive. Um, but that's fantastic. That is amazing. And Lonferman, and I'm looking at the lineup that he's with. I don't recognize any of these guys. Uh, there's a guy named Robert Lonferman on double bass. Reiner plays everything, and then he's with a drummer, a guitarist on one song, uh, double bass on half the songs, piano on one song, drums on one song. So Jeez, he, he did dude. a lot of that. That is impressive. That's incredible. And here we thought he was just a lunatic vocalist. Oh, my God. Um, Dude, that's For what it's worth, Prague Archives says Lonferman's voice alone has been compared to avant Prague icons, the Amanda Gallus, and to John Zorn's, John Zorn's alto sax. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they could. That's great. And his album will appeal to followers of Psy. There you go. Mm -hmm. Arcturus, Isan, Solofall, Donimsgard, Silencer, and even Double Doll. Totally. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, there's no way we would like that. Okay, that's from Prague Archives. Bio, because that's so dead on, I would, it says the bio was provided by Gordy. So thank you, Gordy. Thank you, you Gordy. That's correct. Dude, thank you, Forrest. Fantastic. Dude. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, you've heard of the second. You want to go to the second band? Yeah, yeah, I want to do it in reverse. I the like middle that. band, the, the the vocals we didn't like, and then, then the music we loved. I've heard of this band. So, I know this some band. of the music we love. We didn't love all the music. True, true, true. A bit too bouncy bounce on some spots. Mm. You you know this band, Coprofago. Coprofago. I'm not, I'm not, I am not bullshitting you. Okay? I'm not bullshitting you. Okay. I almost said, no, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't. I say Kafarnum in my head. Um, Kafarnum. That, that, now that's Willow Tip, right? I guess, but I've never yeah. heard them. But like I read descriptions and that sounded kind of but okay. I do know Copper Fogger. I've never they're heard from, them before until tonight. They're from Chile. Yes. Uh let's see. Um let's see. They have three full lengths. They haven't released a full length since 2005. I'm glad the vocalist doesn't live in Greensboro because he'd probably be come and beat me down. 
for all the things I said about him. But that's from, it looks like it's from, all tracks are from Unorthodox Creative Criteria, third album in 2005, the final one, okay. uh, we'll assume. So now that I know who that is, it doesn't surprise me. That's everything I've kind of felt I'd heard about this band. And okay. they made, they were getting, you know, they had some popularity. Um, Forrest says that uh, there's some worthy material on Genesis, the band's previous record, but I was clearly too underslept and unambitious to include anything from that album when compiling these selections. So it's all okay. from Orthodox Creative Criteria. The first band, uh, I don't know how you say that. Faraquet, Faraquet, Faraquet. Forrest says all tracks from The View from This Tower, except the third one from The Whole Thing is Over Single, and they're from D.C., Ah, uh, okay. So Consider, Discord, I was wrong. Damn it. Well, post-hardcore post math rock, and let's see, the album came out in 2000, and the other thing he mentioned uh, looks like it came out in 99. So okay. uh, only one album, 2000. Faraket. Faraket. Okay. Let me spell that. F-A-R-A-Q-U-E-T. Okay. Uh, sometimes placed in the math rock genre, according to Wikipedia. The trio formed in 1997, disbanded in 2001. So very short-lived band. Influenced, influenced by DC-based peers like Fugazi, Jawbox, and Nation of Ulysses, as well as progressive rock bands like King Crimson can totally see that. Uh, okay, well, I, um, I cannot believe... I'm looking them up right now. The album's called The View um, from, from This Tower. Okay. That stinks of something that could be like a $60 CD. Yeah, it could. Oh, it came out on Discord. There you go. Uh, so it's not because they tend to keep most of their records in print. I'm looking on Discogs. Yeah. It looks like he's got 16 for sale starting at $8 and 17 cents. That so that's about right. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Well, I, yeah, okay. Well, I am, and I am always happy to support Discord. Uh, oh, and the album was uh, produced by Jay Robbins, who is the linchpin in Jawbox. Um, so there you go there. Um, Aren't you glad we know? This has been very tense. It has been, man. We've never done this. This is so new for us. And I, I was I was like, I think if I didn't like more of it, I wouldn't be as tense. But I was just like, why? Why don't I know about this Lawnferman album? That that's that To me, that's the biggest surprise. Because it's a person yes. we know. He's a person of interest in our world, and we had no idea that his solo album from three years ago sounded that good. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm I'm buying that thing. I can't wait to to Oh uh, yeah, dude. That that blew me away. Yep. So did Faraquet. I Faraquet, Faraquet. Yeah, yeah, same. Amazing, amazing. And uh Copperfago, look, get a new vocalist before yeah. before you come back after 17 years. <laughs> dude, Forrest, Forrest, we love you. We love you even more now. Thank you. This has been yeah. fun. I can't this wait to do this again. So much fun. I can't wait to do this again. It's been fun with you. And we, um, interestingly, we didn't really disagree much. That's weird. And interestingly, we, we have some things to learn. I, I'm happy to know that. <laughs> me, me too. All right, brother. Next episode, episode 87. We are going nice. to dive into the world of Dax Riggs. Mm -hmm. um, you and I have talked so much about the, this material that Dax released after the first dead boy album and before the second dead boy album. And we have wildly varying opinions on, on both of those. No, I mean, we, we agree. But right, right, right. Love the first one. Don't love the second one. Um, the stuff he did in between that's remains unreleased. I have a lot of recordings. 
I have a lot of experience with Dax. I, I knew him. I don't really keep in touch anymore, but uh, I was gifted with a lot of material. As far as I'm concerned, we're going to play full songs as much as we can uh, because this stuff remains unreleased and we think it's his best material ever. I mean, outside of, e even, uh, let, let me speak for myself and then I want to hear you again. Um, better than Acid Bath, better than Agents of Oblivion, possibly had it been recorded in a, in a studio on a proper album, this stuff would have been even better than the first Dead Boy album. Um, mm. It just never saw the light of day. Uh, only live stuff exists for the most part. Um, we're going to play a ton of unreleased Dax Riggs stuff from the middle Dead Boy era. And some uh, bedroom demos as well. And some bedroom demos. Yeah. I was wondering if I might even play a track I call Cy Maximus Riggs. That's his son, who's oh, yeah. probably all of 20 years old now. I met I met yeah. Cy when he was like three or four, uh, when I was down um, staying with Dax for a couple of days. You know about that trip we took, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, and um, I have a song of Cy, really young, just banging out, noise on a guitar and singing nonsense and it's beautiful and i, th I think i'm going to play it because dax has really kind of disappeared from view and i just want to bring more people to him that's that's really our mission here yeah totally because and i think that everyone once we play this stuff will except for uh ben adler because i um ben and i listened to some of this stuff man probably i don't know 2006 thereabouts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he he he's familiar. I'd suspect everyone else. Um, this will be a discovery, and I, I really and I've told you this. Had you and I been able to curate and produce an album with this material, it would have unquestionably been within the top five of my uh, favorite records of the the aughts. Yeah, we believe in this. These songs, these are just so magical, and it's Dax. I think at a certain vocal peak, uh, a writing peak and yeah it's just it's just it's always going to be the the biggest what if in my musical world perhaps yeah probably mine too so yeah. uh we're, we're, that's what we're going to do for 87 i look forward to it hunter um this has been a blast and uh well i'll see you on discogs in about 10 minutes <laughs> yes <you're there. laughs> love you love you brother and love, love you, you forest thanks again forest this has been fun love you forest thank you take care <laughs>